I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror cult. Exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Welcome to another episode of Astro Radio Z, folks. As always, I'm your host, Derek Carey, and we've reached the finish line here on the Vice Academy series. Here's our final episode. We can finally say goodbye to this. We can shut the door, lock it, take some gasoline, douse the entire house, take a match, throw it on it, sit back with our cooler beers and watch it all burn to the ground and then go stomp around and dance on the ashes. So who are the folks that are going to help me do this tonight? Well, of course, the same group of gents uh, that were on the last episode that nearly slit their own throats because they had to watch Vice Academy 3 and 4. So let's start off saying hi to everyone for the last time on the Vice Academy series. Mr. Brian Kirst, big gay horror fan. How are you tonight, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. Are you ready for this? Are you ready to say goodbye to Vice Academy? I, I don't know. I don't know. You, you know, I, I think I need to get like a, you know, a strawberry blonde wig and some silicone implants and just, you know, keep it with me for a bit longer. You know, maybe. <laughs> but uh, nestle it to your bosom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, no I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> You're ready. So, what would you say? If next year we decide to go through and continue with our franchise episodes, what would you recommend? Like, what direction should we go? Do you want to still do this super, like, cheeseball sleaze stuff? Or what would you recommend? If you had one franchise you wanted to go with next year, what would it be? Wow. Um, I know the Howling franchise has been mentioned, which could be fun. Um but yeah, I kind of, you know, as hard as it is to get through this shit, I love the fact that we are doing such crazy crap like the Witchcraft series and Vice Academy, you know. So I think if we go for something for something more mainstream, it, it, I don't know. It just might destroy the vibe. I know it's been torture, but uh, I think the torture is part of the, you know, the fact that we're doing this and no one else is, you know. <laughs> the glow. The torture is the glow. <laughs> well, I did go back and listen to the last episode, and it wasn't nearly as negative as I remember it being. <laughs> yeah. I actually liked that part four, and everyone hates it, but I think that's my favorite. So I, I didn't hate it. I, I thought part four was okay. I, I really liked part three. Yeah. Okay. I didn't like part three. Right, and everybody knows I like the first two a lot, so. Oh, yeah, we know. that's Wait, that you, you, you know I haven't seen one of the – now, tonight, who knows what's going to happen, but you know that so far I haven't seen one of these that I have not liked. Well, we all know the Astro Radio Z sleaze fiend Scott Davis is an easy gent. <laughs> so well, let's, say, um, let's say hi to everybody, Scott. Hi to everybody, Scott. Um. Ah, I like these movies and stuff. And I and going on what you were saying before, Derek. I mean, I think you know whatever you want, whatever direction you want to take the show. It's it's your it's your vote, man. You steer it where you want to. But I think that no one really cares about the mainstream if they can hear the mainstream anywhere. You know, 
anybody is going to talk about the Fast and Furious movies. Anybody's going to talk about Star Wars. Um, I have a feeling that those two franchises weren't on the chopping block. I know, but you're saying about should we go a little more mainstream and stuff like that? And I'm like, ah, no, go go sleazy. Now, whatever. I'm gonna probably <laughs> probably keep my vote out of it because you guys are never going to listen to me again. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of this idea, I was speaking this last weekend with Mr. Glenn Bittner, big fucking deal over here. Whether or not we should exclude Scotty D's vote from that oh, from next year. Oh, <laughs> Just kidding. How are you doing? You all voted for this. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Glenn, how are you doing tonight? Fuck all of you with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and by all of you, I mean Scott. <laughs> this is getting brutal. This is getting brutal. I'm not invited to the next games with Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, this is, we're going to try and keep this chipper and cheery, folks. So, of course, I'm going to go over to Mr. Paul Salzer. How are you doing tonight, sir? Are you ready for the end? I am. I've got more tricks than a rodeo clown. <laughs> and, of course, we have the man, the myth, the legend, the foo-foo drink, king of Wisconsin, Mr. Mark the Movie Man. How are you doing tonight, sir? I, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I've got my cheap alcohol and expensive bottles, so we're good to go. Good, good, good. And if anyone were to ask you what franchise you would want to do next year, what would it be, Mark? Oh, geez, sure, you asked the hard questions. I say we do the Shaft series next. Shaft? Mm. Ooh, but there's only three movies. You're going to well, ask me? Well, there's actually, questions. according to IMDb, there's a number of them, but most of them were TV movies. Because mm. so, there was a TV show. There was yes. the TV show. Yeah. So I don't know where you can find the TV show or a movie. Well, TV. There, is, there is also the series Coffin Joe, so... Oh, that's a good one. Um, so, Paul, what I didn't ask you, what series would you want to do? Phantasm. Ooh, oh, nice there's one. four of them, but we would have to wait for that series to be done, and who knows when we'll ever get Ravenger. I know, uh, right? Yeah, we got another one, but that I'll, I'll leave that for other people. So. I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll say Puppet Master series. That yeah. might be a decent one as well. That's one I have thought about. Glenn, what was it you thought, maybe? Oh, I had also thought possibly Puppet Master or Prophecy. Mm. Oh. Interesting. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, could, I, don't know. I could share you my sordid prophecy story about the first time oh, I saw it. No, no, I don't no that's no. called that down. Pro- Pro- prophecy is a no. I was channeling Scott there for a moment. No. <laughs> All right, folks. Last but not least, we have a special guest on our show tonight. I never thought, you know, we were thinking about bringing on various people involved with the Vice Academy series, but I never in my wildest dreams thought an actual character from one of the films would show up on this show, but it, it happened. We have tonight with us, folks, Dwayne from Vice Academy 1. If you don't remember him, he is the only male in the Vice Academy, and his nuts were pummeled to dust by a succession of other Vice Academy students. So, Dwayne, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm good, Derek. Hey, nice to meet everybody. Uh, it's a real honor to be here. Thank you for letting me come on the show. I'm <laughs> really honored to have you here tonight with us, Dwayne. Now, now, have you listened to the other Vice Academy episodes? 
Oh yeah, I did all my all my catching up today. It was a day off for me, so yeah, I I hadn't I didn't even know there were so many movies, so I watched all of them and then I uh, then I I listened to the podcast. You guys are really big fans of the movies and you really know a lot about about movies and you talk a lot, so I'll just, you know, try to do my best here. So so Dwayne, when you were watching Vice Academy 1, did it give you flashbacks did i mean did it did you have like phantom pain watching that yeah yeah to be honest it was um you know it's not the kind of thing that i that I revisit just because uh, it's a sore spot um i mean on my <laughs> excuse me um on my career because um you know a lot of people ask me why was i not in the other the other movies and it's really because um you know due to the to the repeated um, damage that were done to my genitals, it, it shot as you can tell my voice into a, a different register, and then they don't want me for the films anymore. So, I mean, they, they you know, they kind of did it to themselves, but also, incidentally, um, it hurt my career a little bit. So, uh, yeah, it was hard to do, but um, you know, I got to get over it somehow. So, what better way than to to join you guys here? So. Well, I'm I'm glad that we could help you get past that hump. Now, what did it, what did you end up doing with your career after the series was done? Um, you know, I started a, a tribute band for severe tire damage, and uh, just kind of been working with them. You know, I I do their their official website, and um, you know, they they didn't they didn't really let me stay um, doing any vocals, as you could imagine. That wasn't too good. But uh, I do work with them, and, you know, they're having their reunion tour, and everything's looking pretty good for, for, for that uh, area. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. I'm glad the band's back together, and uh, you've actually moved on, and uh, you're living a, a fruitful existence. It's good to hear, Dwayne. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both my kids only ended up having one eye each, but otherwise um, healthy perfectly. Excuse me? A perfectly healthy, uh, you know, so you can't complain really when uh, when it all shakes out. <laughs> oh, so I'm so happy that you're here tonight, Dwayne, um, to join us for the final episode in the Vice Academy franchise for this year of 2015. So without further ado, folks, let's get right on into it and let's talk about Vice Academy 5. of the night are working the day shift the vice academy strikes back with two new recruits in a class by themselves i present for you now the future of the vice academy show some skin the good news they're out of school girls grab some tear gas and a couple of assault rifles the bad news they're on the street daddy what are you waiting for now they're facing public enemy number one. Oops, I forgot my underwear. A virtual reality hooker. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. With a plan. I 
am going to become the Hollywood Cyber Madam. Up against the police force without a clue. Who's ready for cyber sex? Arrest that woman! They're curvy. She's got more tricks than a rodeo clown. Courageous. You're not even hooking in a good neighborhood. And they're cops. You were supposed to miss him. I guess my lack of savvy really shows now. Don't fight the passion. You're not so rough with that joystick. <laughs> Sorry. Don't forget dessert. Let's have dinner time on me. And whatever you do, don't miss the climax of <laughs> Vice Academy Part 5. At last, a job well done. The long arm of the law never reached so low. Game over. Now, Vice Academy 5 was made in 1996. And here's the plot synopsis via imdb.com, written by Anonymous. What starts as a dirty computer game becomes a hilarious series of crimes when the commissioner's son, Erwin, accidentally unleashes a virtual reality hooker from his computer. Vice Academy officers Candy and Tracy, who is Ginger Lynn's sister, have to stop the spreading of sexually transmitted computer viruses. Meanwhile, poor Miss Devonshire will do anything to save her marriage, even if it means comically appearing on a sleazy talk show and airing out the commissioner's dirty laundry. Oh! <laughs> well, that was Vice Academy 5. On to 6. Uh, oh, come on. Oh, well, I've got to be honest with you. Starting off with the first 15 minutes of Vice Academy 5 kicks Vice Academy 3 and 4's dick in the dirt, proverbially. Yes. Um, and uh, it really is head and shoulders a million times better than either of those two films combined. Um, we have here still Rick Sloan directs all of these movies. We have Elizabeth Caton back as Candy. And now we have a new partner played by Raylan Salman, who's Tracy, who plays, like I said before, uh, Ginger Lynn's sister in this film. And of course, those two are given absolutely nothing to do this entire movie but anyways um it seems like there's really no plot whatsoever again in this film same as the last two films and they uh, it's just a series of small comedic vignettes and and while in the other films that that seemed to hamper the film here it seems to give it a little bit more of a, a peppy oomph, and it it doesn't bog it down as badly as the other films. Um, right off the bat, uh, Brian, what did, what was the impression you got for Vice Academy Five? Being a fan of the actresses of of this era, I always love seeing people like. And that was that was a, the major thing I took away from this. It was great to see uh, Tony McClure and. Um, you know, uh, Raylan, who had done a couple things, and J.J. North, who I, I loved. Um, so, so that was my main thing. Um, it, was, it was cool to see them. Like you said, I, I didn't think there was much plot. Um, I couldn't understand exactly what Heidi, who is the computer virus-ridden hooker who pops out of the game um, via the commissioner's son, I couldn't quite follow exactly what damage she was doing. She was the main, I guess, villainous, if there was any villainous in, the, in this in this plot. But that, that was the thing I kind of took away. It, it's always cool for me to see these ladies um, 
Uh, I don't like. I've always been a fan of Elizabeth Catan, but I think in these movies she doesn't register at all. Like she, you know, her hair looks like dishwater. She's got no personality. I think in six she perks up a bit, but I, I don't know if it's just the way they shot her or if it was just the quick filming schedule. But I, I, I don't think she like you know, illuminates anything. And I think it's apparent what a bad actor she is in these films. You know, I think she's was perky and interesting and had a little something going on in other films I've seen her in, but I think she's just horrible in these movies. Yeah. There's, there's nothing really going on for her. And I mean, here's a perfect example. The beginning, it starts off with a hooker uh, stakeout where her and uh, Tracy are trying to make a sting on a, on a few hookers. Okay. How do I look? I should have retired 10 years ago. I wasn't You look fine. Like the kind of girl I'd like to bring home to my mother. Really? No. This is literally the only scene she has any meat in. Uh, Tracy goes to try and sit and talk to these two hookers. And is like about to make a sting on them. And one of uh, Elizabeth Caton Candy's former teachers walks her aside and starts talking shit to her and uh, making her forget about the fact that she's on a sting. Candy Laval, is that you? Huh? It's Mrs. Denton, your history teacher. You were going to be a nurse when you grew up. What happened? Candy, what are you waiting for? Can I explain this to you later? And uh, that's really... The whole gag of the scene. I liked her in part three quite a bit. I thought that that was kind of had that like dopey little laugh in type thing where like, okay, she's kind of a bubble head, but she's kind of also kind of sweet and good natured and stuff. You could get that from that movie and such. And then a little bit from part four. Then, you know, part five really, you, you kind of nailed it, Derek. It doesn't give either of these two women anything to do in part five. It's like the movie happens around them more than anything else. Right. And, uh, you know, then, then of course, in part six, uh, Caton becomes uh, uh, the main character pretty much. Um, also, I have to say, um, Raylan Salman, I've liked her in other movies, so this is not like a trash on the actress. Uh, I've liked her in other movies. I think, uh, for instance, I think uh, Attack of the 64-Foot Centerfold, I remember liking her quite a bit in that movie. These movies where she plays, they just bring her in right away as Tracy, uh, the, the younger sister, with no build-up, no nothing. We don't know anything about her character. And honestly, by the end of the net, these two movies, we still don't. Um, she's just this... Ri- First of all, she is made up so that she is absolutely as trashy as the worst hooker characters in the entire series, which is saying something because that's like a motif of the thing about making the uh, characters all uh, trashy. And then, you know, we don't know why she's a bitch. We don't know because uh, she's only vaguely and randomly so. Uh, we don't know why she's behaving today. I just didn't think she had any real personality at all. And uh, I don't think she, what she's supposed to, though, because essentially all at this point in the series, she's just supposed to be the partner. And by this point, we kind of know what the partner is. So it's just 
exchanging somebody new into that role. I know, but in, in the other movies, uh, now started out with. Uh, I still say that you know the best team up in the in the series was Ginger Lynn Allen and Linnea Quigley, uh, which is the way they had for the first couple. Uh, and then of course you had you know the other uh, actresses in the first one as well. And then, and then you know they kind of brought in. Um, Elizabeth Caton, and then in uh, part four, I, gosh, now I feel awful. I know I can't remember the woman who took over for that role. Uh, they brought her in. They all had some sort of a personality, though, and they could the actresses could play off each other. There's nothing to play off of here. Um, so I didn't like – honestly, I didn't like Raylan Salman in either of these movies at all. And well, She's barely in them. And I know that she can do better. I mean, because I've seen her do better. So, I mean, it's not a trash on the uh, actress. It's it's that it's a trash on the character and how it's written and how it's presented. It was very poorly done. The movie itself, I actually thought was kind of clever. I mean, it's a weird science ripoff, but it openly says it's a weird science ripoff. They unplug and plug back in the computer, and that's how she's born, which is like as perfunctory and stupid as can be. I liked that. And then they uh, have her actually start to try to befriend the son, uh, uh, the chief's son there, and try to help him out and find. And, and then she becomes the b- bad guy because she can't deal with him anymore. She says, "I'm sorry if you can't progress beyond this level. I'm through with you." That was an interesting thing. I am now, you know, kind of going beyond my programming and learning more and more and more. It actually kind of reminded me of what, unlike this, is a really great movie, Her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Reminded me of that, you know, of kind of going beyond what they were, of what she was programmed for. But then uh, she becomes the bad girl and stuff like that, but only because she was programmed that way. I thought all of that was actually kind of interesting and actually an interesting way to. T- direction to take it with really good writing this could have been a better movie it's not a great movie but it's i didn't hate it here's the here's the main thing and and stop me boys if anybody disagrees plot 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 is non-existent and that's what kills this movie ultimately and uh uh, it, it doesn't matter that the fir- the leads they have nothing to do because they aren't there's nothing for anyone to really do. So let's get let's get into the story here now. Um, we as as Scott had said after after the girls try and make this this bust at the beginning of the film, um, in which we are introduced to a, a, a terribly horrible sound mix where the music almost always is overriding all of the dialogue. You barely hear anything that's going on. You you come to the scene uh, that Scott had described where Irwin he he's home alone. He lives with the commissioner and Miss Devonshire, who have yet to consummate, quote, quote, consummate their marriage. Drink. Uh, there will be a drinking game now with Vice Academy 5 and 6, because uh, this film says consummate marriage drink. about every five minutes in it. So if you were to sit and actually drink every single time that they were to say, it, you would be absolutely on the floor drunk, passed out. So uh, every time we say consummate marriage, everybody take back their glasses. All right. So anyways, um, he's Erwin sitting alone in his room, and he puts in this computer game on the most sophisticated uh, Apple computer <laughs> of 1996. 
humanly possible with full motion video of JJ North. Mark, what did you think of this uh, VR game? <laughs> I want to say I want I want that freaking computer back in '96 because I tell you that VR there looked a hell of a lot better than those CDR video discs that I had way They're back. Like Sega in the day. CD. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm like. Wow, that's a really advanced computer that he had there. Uh, you know, the color monitor and everything. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. The, I mean, you don't watch these films for any type of uh, uh, realistic anything. But, man, what they were trying to sell as the computer game was just hilarious. Because I'm like, even the, the – the, and not that I ever looked at these, but the video discs that they sold in the adult stores did not look that good. You know, the compression was bad. Just, yeah, it was awful. And interactivity, I mean, wow, that was a really good interactive program they had back there for 96. Uh, I'd just like to add, though, that we all forget about the one star in all of these Vice Academy films, and it actually showed up in Hobgoblins 2. Is the shitty white? It's the shitty white van. The shitty white van has been in every movie, and we haven't mentioned it. I'm sorry, shitty white van. And it's it's, it's Rick's clones uh, equivalent to Sam Raimi's Oldsmobile. I, I was gonna say, and and the the scene I think it was in in Vice Academy one or two where it flipped on its side. It does the same exact scene. It's amazing in Hobgoblins too. I don't know how they replicated the stunt, but. Uh, getting back to the computer, uh, yeah, it, it, the whole concept of what this computer program, you know, coming alive, yeah, we, we saw it better in, in Weird Science, and, and, and here it was just, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it, but it brought, brought forth J.J. North, so I can't complain. So, how much should I charge? Five dollars. So we have J.J. North. She busts out literally um, of the computer after Jay Richardson and Miss Devonshire um, come in, catch Irwin sort of starting to masturbate. He was about to. I, was I'm sure. about to, yeah. Yeah. I think it'll, if it would have given it another minute or two, uh, Irwin would have been hands deep in his pants. And uh, <laughs> playing with his joystick, yeah. Literally playing with his joystick, but instead they leave the room and JJ North comes out as the VR hooker. Here I thought we had another Melathion on our hands. She where she was gonna be the the main bad guy that the Vice Academy had to thwart, and they only halfway go there. Uh, she comes out and she starts charging uh, suitors and in, in Johns five dollars for VR sex in the alleyway behind the Vice Academy. And uh, eventually starts giving these Johns viruses. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Uh, and and as, as Scott said, eventually throughout the movie starts leveling up to the point where she levels up to Hollywood Psycho Madam. 
and uh, and but that's basic that's basically it that's she's just kind of like this background element to a bunch of other varying skits I thought it was an interesting way. That I, I I guess I kind of uh, jumped ahead when I was doing my my spiel there, but uh, I thought it was an interesting way to take place to take the story. I just don't think that they were really prepared for all the places that their own story was going. I think it was written as a bunch of varying ideas and not really a full bore script. Um, yeah, Dwayne, what what was your thoughts on the VR hooker? But she was hot, man. I mean, uh, you know, I seen Weird Science, and there wasn't as much boobs as she did, so that was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul, did, did you think that maybe they underutilized the VR hooker? Oh, definitely. Um, I did enjoy that uh, they they carried on the tradition of the funny names, uh, calling her Heidi Ho. Yes. I thought was was fun. Uh but yeah, uh, she, they, they did underutilize her. I really liked uh, the villain aspect of 3 and 4, and I wish they would have continued it on. But that said, I do thoroughly enjoy the fact that she turned into this nice girl at the end because that's the type of stories that I like. I like that feel-good, happy ending type of thing. And that's what, <laughs> what it gets. the hell? Wait, though, but it didn't have a happy ending. That's what, i got to stop you there, buddy. I'm sorry. Uh, it had a happy ending for me, sort of. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Not like that. Well, not well, like like that. I said, did you leave the bow tie on? no i i totally see where paul is what paul is saying there was sort of a happy ending for the vr hooker if we were to jump ahead they eventually when when 15 minutes is left of this film conflict actually happens where there's actually some sort of plot or something for us to actually give a fuck about uh, a pimp kidnaps Miss Devonshire, and uh, the Vice Academy uh, bring in a computer programmer uh, to reprogram the VR hooker to be a vice cop. I guess she becomes a good guy. Well, you can end. well you can have the good girl and bad girl selection when you select the VR hooker. They said, and of course they, they pick the bad. They always pick the bad girl, and so what they did is they just switched the programming so she was the good girl. And she became it. I thought J.J. North was really good in this part, incidentally, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say that I don't think – I mean, I, I thought that that was a nice touch, Paul. I completely agree with you on this. I don't know about the happy ending because I felt so bad because for in the her. very end, if it's okay for me to go there, um, in the very end of the movie, they have to send her back. And they send her back with like a death march. Remember Did that? you really feel bad, Scott? Yeah, I felt really bad. Like, Scott. oh, she just wow. got programmed to be a good girl, and she's like this nice person now. And they're basically sending her back to like die. But do you remember? Have, do you remember? The programmer gave him the the upgraded version of the game. So if if you really want to take the story on, make it deeper than than what it actually is, you can think that yeah, maybe Irwin, this nice goofy childlike kid, popped in the disc again and brought her back. I mean, I stepped in shallower puddles. 
Uh, <laughs> still better than I spit on your grave. You guys are missing the other plot in this. You, you, What's well, you, the you, other plot, Mark? Well, you, well, the, whole, the, plot. The, police, <laughs> the police station's in trouble because of a Tane McClure's uh, uh, councilwoman coming out to to shut the place down. That is enough out of all of you people. I can see now why this one police station has never received any funding. There's something in there too. I mean, they even kind of joke about it. You know, the whole joke about uh, she was really good, but she was too fast. That was kind of a, 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 a thing about this movie. A lot of the things that happened happened too fast in the movie. It, it just <laughs> happened, it like happened right away. It's like they didn't make it a plot like everyone else has stated in there. If they would have okay. made that part of the plot, it would have been cool and interesting. She could have been the villain. She could have turned into a bad guy and right, fun. Right, she could have been there the whole movie. Instead, it's like halfway through the movie, they kind of drop her, only to bring her back briefly for a little like two minute joke. Yeah, I thought, oh, the, the TV TV game show, and that was it. I, I think in a lot of ways, that's just indicative of this entire series. Where if, if, if you can give a title to the entire Vice Academy series, it could just be. Vice Academy wasted opportunities. <laughs> I was, as I was watching it, my main thought was, what if you were to take all of the varying elements that actually worked within the films and made one film out of these and made it more like an airplane uh, film, like the Zucker Brothers airplane, where it was like all these high, you had one simple plot, like take the plot and we'll, we won't jump ahead right now, but if you took the plot of say part six, you have that be the backdrop, but then you had all these varying things like uh, the robo uh chick from part two and, <laughs> and then you you had vr hooker and you had melathion and you had all these crazy like characters oddball characters just constantly all at war and just be this big gaggle fuck of all these crazy ideas and having one film instead of having them occupy five minutes of a film and have that be the only real conflict in the film. It, it That's what didn't work for me is that it felt like he had these ideas and just felt and, and had to come up with a full movie to wrap around a short film oh. idea. Glenn, I mean, do you, how do you feel about like, what would you say is the background plot of this film? Could you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's the main thing is that really there's nothing to hang your hat on so these other varying elements like you guys are saying it's easy to pass them by because you're not really paying attention that much to any, any one thing in the film you're just kind of floating along from thing to thing and there's nothing to really hold your interest and by halfway through the movie like the first 15 minutes of this movie I was really sold I'm like oh this is actually kind of cute I actually kind of like this and then about halfway through it, there's no plot, and they're just varying little things that are happening, and I kind of checked out. Dwayne, what did you ultimately end up thinking of uh, Vice Academy 5? Uh, you know, um, you know, I'm really surprised to see that, like, it pretty much, they haven't moved away from the, the undercover horror thing that we did in the first one, and... You know, the movie starts, and there's the guy in the van wearing the headphones. I'm like, hey, I could have done that. I did do that, and they use the same music still. Like, you know, the 90s were supposed to be good music, and yet 
here's this stupid thing there with the music and uh you know petrolino you know his he's for a cop's salary he's got a real nice apartment there i don't know what else he's doing but uh you notice they hug they don't have sex or anything uh I think it could have used more titties. Uh, I thought Mavis and Fern were pretty hot. Uh, what else there? Erwin, I hate him. Um, <laughs> but really, the the main thing, and I think we I think we could uh, we could all observe is that no one in this film is getting kicked in the nuts. No one. I think it's an honor that they. Just the audience. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they just. Oh, they, the audience does. Yeah, I think it's an honor that they just uh, kind of. Reserve for you, buddy. I mean, I think that, you know, once they did that, they just kind of maybe figured that they couldn't top it with another actor. Yeah, well, they don't do me any favors. <laughs> yeah. Did you feel kind of slighted, Dwayne, that Petrolino kept coming back in this series as opposed to you? You know, I mean, I thought about that. You know, I had a real dark moment about that, to be honest. <laughs> Hello? And I, you know, I if I ever see that guy, I'm kicking him in the... Kicking him in the nuts. I mean, he needs to understand that that's what it's about. You know, you can't you can't just go through the Vice Academy movie as a as a guy, not get kicked in the nuts and know what you're doing. Seems the only way to gain focus, right? Well, I mean, for, temporarily it does blind you. <laughs> does it ultimately give you a zen, though? I mean, like take you to another plane. You know, you got to go somewhere. Yeah, uh, seriously. Um, you know, I've had a lot of conversations about this, a lot of therapy, to be honest with you, about this, more physical than mental. But, uh, you know, you just kind of, you, you got to kind of do it. And you, you do come out better. Voice different, but better. Grab life by the balls. Yeah. Haven't heard that one, guy. <laughs> Dwayne, you, you shouldn't feel bad though because Petrolini, as nice as a place he has, he couldn't afford a single dinner table to have dinner with Tracy on. They had to eat on each other uh, on their laps. So he didn't have a dinner table, so he didn't have everything. So it should make you feel good there. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying, Mark, but in all honesty, you don't know my life. So. so. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, speaking speaking about the male officers in Vice Academy, um, they seem to be the only ones that do anything at the Vice Academy. As uh, our two leads throughout the movie, they just stand against a wall, and everything happens around them while cops show up and hold up the Vice Academy at the police station multiple times. And uh, the male officers actually sit and lead people back to cells and, and do stuff. Um, do, you th do you find this to be odd, Paul? No, not at all. Not at all. It, it's, it's just because I think it's just part of the way this movie is run. It's, it's very much – I see it in the earlier films. I see it in the next film. I just – this time I went in watching – wanting to watch the films with that in mind, that I wasn't going to like – I wasn't going to criticize it for the things that I know I'm going to criticize this movie for. And then it was like, oh – they're they're kind of poking fun at stuff that they've already done, and and yes, that it looks like the the males are are always doing the the action and stuff. But if you actually look in the background, there's also other females doing action too. Mind you, they're probably being led into into the jail. Um, but 
I don't know. I just I think like the Mavis character was one of my favorite characters, uh, yeah. and I have a comment about her in in the next in when we talk about the next film because oh, I me think me too, buddy. Me too, buddy. Yeah, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Uh, and it's just she's Don Knotts' daughter. <laughs> oh, I did, did not you know, know that. that? I did not know Don that. Don Knotts' daughter. Yeah, that is kind of cool Knotts. to know. That explains. Yeah, yeah. Some... she is actually parlaying her dad's yeah. fame into a semi-career now. She's doing all the, you know, Mayberry days, and she's got that some shirts cool. all tied up in knots. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, I love a good pun. But when when the two characters do like start fighting and they do the hair flipping, that to me was like, oh. They're they're trying to pay kind of a tribute to the earlier films, where it was just over the top fights that were ridiculous because you got this hair flying all over and this like nobody moves like that, you know the only thing that it was lacking was getting kicked in the balls, which you know no offense to you, uh, Dwayne. Hey, but, you um, know, I'm uh, never heard any references to that at all ever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang in there, man. I get it. Hang like like balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, the the movie ends up where they bring the computer programmer in, and uh, they end up having to say goodbye to JJ North, the VR hooker, and she goes away. And uh, then Jay Richardson turns into the mask. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes of the film. Smoke it. Oh, somebody stop him. What the? Oh, what's shaking, mama? And then it's done. Uh, that, that's the end of the movie, really. So let's go down the line here, guys, and let's give our final thoughts on what uh, Vice Academy 5 is, because I really, there isn't much to really talk about that we haven't talked about already. So, uh, Mark, go ahead and give your final thoughts on Vice Gammy 5. Found more entertaining bits to it than 3 and 4 combined. Uh, <laughs> uh, it still is a whole lot of nothing. And like you, like everyone said here, it seemed like little bits of ideas they were executing. Uh, you know, down to the shtick of instead of the scientist, we now have the computer programmer who's the hunk <laughs> and the head of the SWAT guy who's kind of the nerdy guy in here. It was more, I, I think it was an improvement both in production and what they were trying to do versus three and four, which were really painful to get through. I will say this wasn't painful and they were trying to give the nods to the previous ones including a running gag that they started in this one that continues on to the next one about holly being in jail for five <laughs> years uh, in, insert stock footage yes uh, exactly you know, a witchcraft move <laughs> <laughs> you know uh there was the weird friggin whipped cream scene which i i i really have no idea what was going on there or if that was supposed to be the uh, arousing at any point, but it, it wasn't. And two hobgoblin puppets show up. <laughs> so that, that's what my thoughts are on it. Two hobgoblin puppets show up, and I think they should have grabbed them and start fighting with them like they were alive. That would have made this movie so much better. Yeah, I agree. Irwin's also got hobgoblins and visitants posters in his room, I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> he, but he's still shamed for being a nerd. Paul, what did you end up ultimately thinking of this? 
Uh, I thought the Devonshire and the commissioner relationship was was good. To, they were good together, and I thought that was funny. They they played off their little jokes. It does get a little old, of course, but it, I still liked. I love the actors uh, that that play those characters. What, what gets a little old? You mean consummate marriage? Drink. <laughs> oh god, here we go. Oh, oh. oh. I should get something less strong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the entire running gag of this flick is that her bitching about having to consummate her marriage. (laughs) If I can't start talking by the end of this, you'll know why. Well, it's ridiculous. That's like the only. Well, there's. Were there any other running gag? I don't even remember. The five dollars. The five five dollars for sex. Come on, that was that's. Oh yeah, right. They kept coming back to that. Um, And what was with the scene where she where she hands off that sign to the hookers? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because they, you know, she has to hand it off to them so that they could uh, they could. carry on the business you know i think that was, you don't make it back in uh quality you make back in quantity i think she said or yeah, something exactly but that that's actually another reference to the film series itself what it lacks in quality gains <laughs> in quantity all those jokes after jokes after jokes there's another line in there where uh, the commissioner is talking to uh erwin that also kind of uh, sums up the entire series. It's like uh, basically kind of getting enjoyment out of other people's expenses and and, and humiliation. And that's kind of what uh, Mr. Sloan is doing throughout this entire series is he's kind of poking fun at people and, and you know, sexuality and, and just doing all these jokes at these uh, expense of others and, and just kind of getting enjoyment out of that and kind of hoping that he can get some kind of rich richness out of it but i don't know i'm probably reading much more into these films than i than i probably should be but i know it's i again i did not take this film like i did when i was reviewing the the third and fourth films so number five wasn't too bad for me and i I did enjoy it uh only because it was like oh this is what they're trying to do i didn't think it was great or good i just thought it was okay well, I think that you're kind of coming around to like kind of how I was halfway through the witchcraft series, mm. where I didn't like those first two movies and then the three and four, I'm like, Ugh. and then kind of eventually I started to kind of develop this kind of like I zen it. acceptance where <laughs> I kind of got into this groove of the series. I'm like, oh, okay, and then we're gonna go on here and have a soft car scene for ten minutes in an elevator, and then another one, and and. Yes, this hero is still completely worthless, and yes. I get it now. But you're okay with it. They perfectly spaced <laughs> it out this time, though. You know, they're the softcore porn scenes were spaced out, so it's like, okay, we'll just give them this amount of time, and then we'll insert this for those people that are only watching the show for the titties. Uh, yeah, that's basically all Elizabeth Caton was in this movie for was that at some point you knew she was going to take her top off. Dwayne, did that make you really happy when she finally took her top off? Yeah, you know, too too little, too late, man. What you're forgetting is I was in in a, in a film with Karen Russell. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You 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 know what? You've seen the mountaintop there, Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was serious stuff right there. Did you did you get to have playtime with Karen Russell? No, sir. No, she was all business. Oh, yeah, that's too bad. Well, at least you got to be in the vicinity of the greatness. 
Yeah, I mean, they were they were crazy. It was like they just had a mind of their own, you know. They kind of did with the uh, her breasts had their own trailer. To be honest with you, to do a little inside baseball there. Did they have their own parking space too? Yeah, there was two. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> One was constantly so Dwayne, from the Is other. that where the entire budget for the film went? I mean, I, you'd have to ask Rick Sloan. I mean, he's uh. I mean, the guy's obsessed with whores, so, you know, take that for whatever. Is he? Because, <laughs> because I don't know. I haven't, I always, I, I've been saying since the first movie that, you know, he he's doing a movie that was kind of originally geared as, like, sex comedies, and then this is going to really come through the next one, is that he's he seems to, like, be gradually more, less and less interested in actual sexuality in the movies until we get to the next movie where I'm not sure he uh, uh, with that movie I'm not even sure he knows what sex is at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so, hey, so, it's got nothing to do with sex it's just whores okay. yep Yep, he, he loves he loves himself some horse. So so Dwayne, compared let let's just see how you've actually caught yourself up all the way to this point. Hmm. Where do where did you think this one ranked amongst the the Vice Academy series? Oh oh well, you know it's it's definitely better than the uh, the one before it. I didn't like so much the one, but the wedding thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it can't touch number one for me. I, that might be just a s- sentimentality or my own experience with it. But, um, yeah, it wasn't the worst, but certainly wasn't the best. Well, that's that's what I, I agree with you on that one there, Dwayne. Glenn, what were your thoughts? Well, yes, as, as Wayne said, it was much better than four, but, you know, that's kind of on the lines of me saying that, well, that hemorrhoid-infused shit wasn't as bad as the one I took yesterday. So I don't even know what to make of it because, I mean, maybe when I was 13, I would have had some some pleasure out of this just because there would have been boobies, but I'm not 13 anymore. If I had actually played the drinking game you suggest, I'd be dead. Yeah, it was. That's why I just I I wanted to talk about how much she said consummate marriage. Drink, drink. Um. Throughout this, because it's just a never-ending <laughs> gag, it, and the funny thing is, it oh, continues on to the next film. Yeah, she she wants the D pretty pretty bad, I'd say. <laughs> Wouldn't you guys say she's wants the D? She that, wants the like, D. Like she wants any car. Any D. form of the D she would like, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just yep. Any and all forms of D. So are you volunteering, Dwayne? <laughs> hey, that's my name, man. Honestly, I thought you meant divorce. Uh, no, no. She she wants the D. Yeah, yeah, so and, it does, and it doesn't mean divorce. It means dick. See, guys, yeah. guys with the first name of D know what's up, right, man? And it's the commissioner's D, so you know it could be smoking a pipe. Jay Richardson's D has been around the block. <laughs> uh, watch Incredible and Ray movies, so so we all know how proficient a coxman he is. Okay, um, your, your your drinking game has taken effect on me. I want you to know that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott, why don't we why don't we round this out and you, you tell you 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 let the people know in in relation to the the previous films. How did you feel about five? Oh, I think it's the le- I think it's my least favorite of the of the five that we've reviewed so far. It's the least favorite. Um, uh, I actually think Why that they. Why would you say that? 
I liked certain things in it. I, like I said, I thought J.J. North was really good. Uh, I liked Tane McClure. I kind of uh, would have liked to see uh, where her character went, provided that they would have like kind of like muted the Rush Limbaugh fear of feminists talk a little bit. <laughs> but uh, hey, was she the one that got drunk at the end? Yes, she was yeah. funny. I yeah, thought she, that was funny. She was funny. She was funny. Um, I thought she had. I thought she had some good comic timing, and she had. Uh, sex appeal, which is you know important in a series like this. Um, I kind of liked some of the farcical things. Like I said, there was a lot of really good ideas to the story. The writing was not on board quite like the others. However, I will say that something that they did fix from previous installments, especially three and four, was the editing was better. 100% agree with you on this the one. The editing was better. Uh, in three, I said that they had scenes they could have chopped out. And in four, I said it was that each scene could have been chopped down by a few seconds, and it would have uh, and it improved the comic timing. I liked uh, the commissioner, Jay Richardson, say, saying that uh, at bedtime, Miss Devonshire turns into the clown doll from Poltergeist. That made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> and I then liked, she actually did. <laughs> and then she turns into the clown monster. I, mean, I like so. I mean, so that I actually do think that this is funny. I still like this movie. I think it's probably the least of the movies so far. The main reason I would say that, though, is because I think that these, as farcical as they are, they are in fact, buddy cop movies, which we don't really have too much anymore, but we had a ton of them in the 80s and 90s. And but, Scott, buddy would cops, you, uh, we don't, we don't, we don't, and the one character who's played by, who is clearly Ray Lynn Salmon, is just so terribly written that we don't really get that them playing off each other. Yeah, I don't know if I could go and say it's a, a buddy cop movie because the buddies aren't in the movie at all. It's all everybody right. else. Well, like I said earlier, I mean, the movie seems to happen around them more than actually having them be part of the action, which is a problem. Uh, and right. that's one of the main problems. Another problem, and I'm glad you said it because I was going to bring it up. I wasn't sure if it was my speakers, which I've had problems with, or this. I said, God, the sound in this is just horrible. <laughs> Absolutely atrocious. There were points in the film where I had no idea what was being said nope the dial the music drowns out the dialogue the dialogue is muted it's or there's like overlapping so it's just i mean the sound this is the worst sound of any of the six movies actually and um i think that that and the fact that i just didn't really take to raylan salman's character of tracy much as i like the actress and other things um, I think that's that made it the least of the movies so far. However, it still had lots of those little Vice Academy touches that I like. Like I said, I have not disliked any movies in the series so far. Wow, you are so soft. You that's are so tease. soft. I think that was a tease that the way you said that so far. Oh, was it? Just... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? I think there's something else I would like to. Um, Consummate drink. Oh, oh, a drink. Um, my Chucky cup is getting empty. <laughs> and that's like you know, Dwayne, you, you, you seem Dwayne seems a little you know kind of downtrodden and sad here a little bit. And I just want to let you know, Dwayne, you look exactly like this guy Butch in this film Creepazoids. Oh. 
I don't know. It's, it's, like it's uncanny. Movie. It's uncanny. Yeah. And I just want to say that Butch has this amazing. I don't know if Shakespearean. It, it, it just. I, I don't know if that's the, the, the word I'm looking for. Scene with Linnea Quigley, in in Creepazoids, uh, where he you know gets a little naked, and I just want to say, you know, because of that, you know, my '90s were very happy, Dwayne. You, you know, so so. Um, you know, just just uh, maybe make you feel a little better. You, you know, it's a, it's an uncanny resemblance. So, in in a roundabout way, you brought me a lot of happiness. So, oh you know, I man, just want to you throw know, that out there. Throw that Brian, that brings me a lot of happiness. Too, good, man. good, yeah, good, if, good. If I had somebody every day telling me that, that would make a a big difference for me, man. Um, I do have to say, uh, yeah, uh, um, that was totally me, man. No way. No. That's totally me, yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, that was me in this. Uh, I did another one, too, where I had a pipe sticking out of my chest. Did you see that one me and Linnea did? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Deadly Embrace, right? Yeah, that was me, too, man. No way, no way. Yeah, they just, they unfortunately, they did have to dub my voice and all those because, as you can tell, um, the Vice Academy did um, yeah. have an effect, but uh, did some damage. Yeah, well, you know, but, but that you were able to give someone else employment that way. I mean, that's uh, you know, look at that. It's a humanitarian thing that you were oh, doing. Oh man, you you got a good attitude. I need to yeah. I need to spend more time talking to you about this stuff, man. Sounds good. Anytime, man. Anytime. Thanks. Well, well, you awesome. know. That was awesome. That was worth having to hear that one guy talk a lot. That talk. <laughs> Astro Radio Z, where we bring cult fans together and make them embrace with Vice Academy 6. Say hello to a new homeless shelter. What were those voters thinking? Commissioner, there's someone here to see you. What? I wasn't expecting anyone. Detective Hank Grisham. Well, I'm sorry we're not hiring any more cops this week. I'm not looking for a job. I'm here investigating this case. Oh. Well, I suppose a little outside help couldn't hurt. I'm going to need an office here. Do you have a spare one? Well, sure. I'll have Tracy and Candy air out the storage closet for you. Vice Academy 6 was made in 1998. And here we go with another plot synopsis from imdb.com written by Anonymous. Vice cops Candy and Tracy accidentally meet the bikini robbers who are armed with assault weapons in a bank. The thieves... I'm getting drunk. The thieves asses? Yeah, the thieves asses. The thieves escape with loot after a wild shootout. The commissioner and the instructor enlist internal affairs detective. Man, who wrote this fucking thing? Anonymous did. Anonymous, don't mess with them, man. They'll dox you. 
gosh, I'm <laughs> the commissioner and instructor list enlist internal affairs detective to solve the case. Man, that doesn't even make fucking sense. He suspects the vice cops and sends them to prison. However, a robber plants a bomb in the police station. Vice cops are quickly reinstated with a new mission. Not entirely correct. Not, <laughs> not really at correct. all. Not <laughs> at all. So, so the plot then here. Let's let's ask Paul. Dwayne, Dwayne should do it. I I, I nominate Dwayne. Make okay, sure. Dwayne. Why don't you? Why don't you want to uh, tell what the actual plot is of this story? You want to give the synopsis? Oh uh, yeah, there's some strippers and they steal some money, and uh, that's pretty much it, man. From what I remember. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. They're like bank robbing strippers, I think. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, bank robbing strippers, and then uh, the internal affairs, the FBI comes in and suspects uh, Elizabeth Caton as the actual bank robber when Tracy oh, frames says, it. hey, yep. for some unknown reason, says, hey, she did it, sends her to prison, there's prison hijinks, she escapes, and then proves uh, her innocence. The end. Yeah, There's yeah, the entire she, plot to the movie. She goes to jail, I remember. They have like a few cheerleader routines in between. She actually doesn't get to jail, does she? No, yeah. she does get to jail. Yeah, oh, but, oh, they take her on the bus to another jail. Because they yeah. used it. There was almost two jails. Yeah, I, I got to be honest plot, with, with you guys. I, I took notes on this one because um, I didn't have so much an opinion over the story as I did just like random things that happened. So mm-hmm. that's got that's what I did. That's the plot yeah. for you though. Yeah. Well, it, it, it you gotta say though, it actually has a hell of a lot more plot than the last film. What wouldn't you say, Glenn? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> there is a flaw to my plan of watching these back to back is that my attention span grows less and less and less the longer I am doing it. So I tried, Glenn. I tried with the four with five and six I tried pulling a U, and I was going to watch them back to back, and I got through five, and about fifteen minutes into six, <laughs> I said, "Fuck this," and I turned it off, and then watched the rest of it the next day because there's no way, there's no way I could have ever been objective and sat and uh, given part six it's just dessert it, by watching it back to back with five because my brain would have been absolute mush. Exactly what I did and watch five then start watching six and a half hour in go, fuck, I haven't been paying attention at all. I have to start this motherfucker over. <laughs> See, uh, yep. I, I don't know how you do that, I mean, Glenn, because I mean, <laughs> but you I, like these movies. And I, I, I know, I know, but I mean, like, I you don't sleep on a bed made of nothing but, you know, videotape this movie. But I, these but, movies. <laughs> but I remember you doing that, like, back with the witchcraft movies, and you do, like, three and four at a time, oh, and like, we're like, holy crap. <laughs> Mark, starting with this one, uh, what did you think? Did you Did you appreciate that there actually was a plot behind this film? I enjoyed the last, like, 20 minutes of this film, actually. It was like suddenly they were finishing up the idea they started way back in 5. I mean, we actually have them be somewhat competent, more competent than we've seen in the other four or five films. I mean, Candy, uh, or Caitlin's character, yeah, uh, you know, she actually does something 
positive and, and captures someone, uh, you know, they actually have a thing in there where where she has a bit of a growth to where she actually just. I was just happy that they actually did something rather than just be in the background. At least in this one, it really seemed like he was trying a little bit more than with the others and trying to go out with a little bit more of a a, a bang if you will, with these mm-hmm. ones and actually give them a little bit more than being just these vacuous girls. I'm not saying that they were perfect by any means, but I'm just saying if you look at the how she actually handles herself in the last 20 minutes of this movie, it was like they, they're actually doing something successfully and not being complete you know, fuck ups. So you, you mean where Tracy has to disarm a bomb at the end? I, I actually found that whole bit. I mean, the bit with the cheerleaders. The cheerleaders were hilarious. I thought that the the bit of a running gag with them. Maybe it was because you know I just really disliked the last ones that I'm looking at these and and compared to the other ones, the these were at least handled I think a little better this one was uh, but I liked the running gag with the cheerleaders you know I, I didn't even mind the stolen f- uh, stock footage from the fugitive that they used for the bus shot <laughs> um, uh, you know it, it just, out, out of the last four we've watched uh, I, I think I enjoyed this one the best out of the last four that we watched uh, never mind there were still the running gags but not even the whole movie. I should say the last 20 minutes of this movie, I enjoyed more than the last four films that we watched. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's saying something. It didn't bother you that they were still going on with the same gag of Miss Devonshire not being able to consummate her marriage? Uh, drink. Drink. Oh, you motherfucker. Oh, you cock. Oh. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think at uh, this time I just ignored that joke. I I really did uh, just kind of ignore that and look past that and try try to look. And they didn't, well, you know. If you ignore that joke, Mark, well then let's let's figure out since how we've exhausted consummating the marriage. Just imagine joke that I gotta bring up for the Vice Academy drinkers uh, out there is that there were <laughs> the other running gag through this film was there were interstitial titles that would come up for a uh, quote unquote like TV show. I, I, I was it supposed to be like a public access show, like we were watching an actual TV the show. Prison the channel. Time, oh, the prison the, channel. The yes. prison channel. I the think prison it was channel. The prison access sleaze show. Uh, the access sleaze TV show hosted by a former lap dancer. Um, they had interstitials that would come up like. The prison channel, Drink. and then and then there would have it was enough- for for a captive audience. They said, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Bank tellers show. in the act. Drink. Seriously, if you wanted to actually start paying attention, as Glenn and I had troubles doing, <laughs> you have you find ways to pay attention by drinking while watching these films. I think it's the only way you're going to really get through them. Brian, what did you think of this one? I, I thought some of the. Bits were consummated. Drink. Um, oh, drink. A bit better in this one. Uh, uh, you 
know, some of the characters are kind of fun. You know, you, you have the sassy nun. Yes, the, the, I love and, the nun. And, 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 you know, the prostitute with the heart of gold who helped out, you know, um, Candy when she was on the run. Um, my girl is Deborah Dutch, who did tons of these films, and she was in uh, four as the hooker whose dress got stolen. Yes. Yeah. And she is was the kind of the, the one of the tough ass prisoners in this was she was getting the, the tattoo. Oriella was her name, and, yeah. and uh, yeah. I thought she was Ariella. a lot of fun. You know, she she was throwing attitude around and being all tough, and you know, so I I thought the little things like that. Um, made this a much better film than some mm-hmm. of the previous films and by far not you know they didn't consummate a great film here <laughs> oh, um, Yay. <laughs> I love drinking I don't know if you know Mark Sloan is the consummate Rick Sloan I mean is you know, the consummating Drain. type artistic somebody's person. abusing yeah. this privilege <laughs> right now <laughs> I can't even pour fast enough. <laughs> I don't know if he's like consumed in such ways. Thank you. Artistically. Doesn't count. Doesn't um, count. But uh, <laughs> for for you know the wrap up to this you know rather ridiculous series, it, it was you know there had a, it had a little bit more going for it than some of the other ones. There was something that happened throughout the series that kept happening and ran all the way through this final one was bringing back characters or actors from the other films, but making them new characters in this film. Well, he does that a lot in these movies though. He always brought back uh, actors and actresses in these movies uh, for multiple parts. I mean, you'll, you'll see that if you go back to the beginning of these, not that I think you ever will. (laughs) But Tabby back is back in this or Tamara Clatterback. who was in the first one. Mark Mark Richards. Yep, and in this one we have the pimp from part five is now the strip club owner in part six, who's wearing Michael Jackson's jacket from Beat It. (laughs) I think it it was the same character though, because I think they're both named Bojangles. Yeah, is it? Yeah, I think this. In this case, I think he's named Dank in this one, is it? Yeah. Is it? Um, well, somebody look it up. Do some while Mark, I while Mark I go Richardson on and play. He plays he plays like all these different characters, and I think he's dank in this one. Oh, or I could be just drunk from all this. No, I'm looking at the Someone was billed as uh, Bojangles in the end credits, but they're not on IMDb. So yeah, I'm pretty sure he's dank in this one. Yeah, well, he's whatever he is, pretty dank. Yeah. Well, whatever. He, maybe he got Darcy DeMoss's credit from. <laughs> there you go. The unsung hero of the Voice Academy series, you know. Let's, let's give someone a credit here because we didn't give someone a credit in the previous film. You know, it, it, it's just like Ginger Lynn. Backs and bal- balances, yeah. Well, Ginger Lynn keeps getting credits because they keep using stock footage, footage of her. Exactly. Yeah. Now, what do you think they use stock footage from? Because I mean, we know they used some from like Vice Academy. Do you think they? Obviously, like the sound bites were from other movies. <laughs> where, where she uh, was driving, I think, is from a porn. Do you think it was from a porn? I was gonna ask if they used anything from the adult films because I couldn't find like the credits, so I couldn't tell if it was just like other movies that Rick Sloan had done, yeah. uh, or what the deal was. Because I mean, I I haven't. Um, Oh God! I think he did Mind, Body, and Soul, and I have not seen that movie, so I couldn't tell yeah. you if uh, any of the footage was from that movie or not. 
I would have loved to watch that movie about Holly. That was like, ooh. It was like a Lifetime movie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on, on the prison channel. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we never get to see that. Instead, we get to hear pimp, uh, the pimp from number five, who's now uh, strip club owner Michael Jackson from Beat It, uh, <laughs> sit on a phone and say over and over and over and over and over and over <laughs> in a, the longest gag that doesn't work whatsoever during the middle section of this film, him yelling to a phone. I want the cheapest alcohol you got, but I want you to put it in the bottles with the expensive labels. Again, a message about this film series. <laughs> <laughs> Was that wish ever consummated Bravo. for him? Oh, <laughs> no, not doing. Yeah, I can't it. drink anymore. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know that joke reminded me of that. Um, if anybody remembers the movie Joe versus the volcano, um, try not to. Yeah, it's not a very good movie. Uh, but it, to illustrate the uh, mundane repetitive monotony of the business world, one of the things they have is that Dan Hedaya is on the phone with somebody for like three minutes saying, I'm not asking if he can get the job, I'm asking if he can do the job, and he says that for like three minutes straight. And so that actually reminded me of that scene, except it wasn't supposed to be ironic. It was just supposed to be funny, and it wasn't. <laughs> no. No. I found myself, and this is one of my notes right here I'm looking at, is... Keeping my eyes open during this film is very hard. So, so Dwayne, what did you what did you think of this film? You've been quiet so far. I'd love to know what you thought of this one because you said you said that you liked a, a bunch of gags in this one. Why don't you tell us some of the stuff you liked in this uh, one? No, it, I mean, really, I just I took some notes just as I was watching it. You know, just stuff I observed and. I, the first thing, I don't know if anyone else watched it on DVD, but I'm in the chapter selection screen. There's a picture of me being held by uh, Miss Devonshire. It's pretty funny. I didn't think that I would see myself in any of this stuff. But uh, No, I, I, um, in the bank robbery, when they show the nun from the back, I got excited. I thought, oh, they're going to do another racist Middle Eastern gag like the one I, I was did. thinking that too. Right? I was I so I worried. Was, yeah, <laughs> I was so worried. Yeah, it was, it was to me that that was going to be funny to me. And I love the beaded jacket. Um, the stripping. Uh, it took like five minutes for her to show one boob. And, and, the, and I'm not really a boob guy. And then when she turned around to show her oh. butt, there was a shadow of a guy's head covering her butt and that ruined that for me, um, but you know I got a, I got a lot of other random things about hookers in here and <laughs> security guards and Devonshire. You you guys don't want to hear all my other things that I have on here. I mean if, if if it's appropriate, you know I was gonna do the drinking game with my Laura tab, but I realized I'd pass away, so I didn't do that. <laughs> No, you know what? We want to keep you around for the rest of this episode, at least. I mean, I really appreciate you coming on. I didn't know if I was had anything to contribute, but I sure was gonna show up to the invitation. Let's let's go and let's talk about this uh, stripping scene that you had just talked about. She's on she's on stage where with the strippers on stage flailing her arms back and forth for five minutes while all the uh, participants. 
howl like werewolves, like walking hard-ons over a girl fully clothed. Did you did you find this problematic at all, Dwayne? Did you do you think well, why are they get so excited? Yeah, I mean, I I gotta tell you, I you know part of why the first one is so good. We had way more boobs in our movie. In yeah. this movie, for sure. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, you know, we had the the biggest ones and we had the most frequent ones, but we had, you know, it was low budget, but the stripping, you know, we knew how to do. I can't believe it took so long. I didn't know what I was seeing. I thought I never fallen asleep during a strip before. And it was it was tough to keep. I just couldn't get over how excited these damn guys were, Mark. Well, she was she was beating the snot out of them though. You're, you're talking about that scene, right? Where yeah, she, right, where she starts kicking the shit out of the crowd. She's beating the crap that, out of them. I you know, found that kind of funny, actually, that they're <laughs> hooping and hollering, and she beats the snot out of one, including the one guy who apparently was his first time at a strip club, and he gets the snot beat out of him. <laughs> you know, to, to be fair, that's what actually gets me worked up, but... You know that. <laughs> wow. That is. <laughs> yeah, try get kicked kicked in the nuts. See how that one goes for you. <laughs> you know, but, you know that you, you know, Dwayne, you could actually make some money because, I mean, it's not that doesn't isn't my my bag, but that is like a big internet fetish these days, man. Oh, well, I don't, well, I don't recommend it, guys. <laughs> I don't recommend it either. But I mean, some people do, apparently. Well, yes. you know, in the first one, we kind of had a statement, or the first it was one or second one, where we had a bit of a statement about the uh, porn industry. In all honesty, I think they're making a little bit of a statement about the stripper industry in this film. If I'm going too deep, I know. Let me know. But yes. Uh, you, <laughs> no, but but with with this one, with her, the way they reacted to her in this one, with the way she was stripping, I'm like, they're trying to say something more than just to have it be stripping. And the fact that they had to uh, turn to robbery because they couldn't make enough, you know, stripping either. I I honestly think they were trying to say something about it, but. Maybe that was me trying to make something out of nothing so it would motivate me to continue watching. I think that's more the case here, Mark, because honestly, I don't think they're trying to say anything with these films. I think think Dwayne was on to something that Rick Sloan, he likes his whores. Yeah. (laughs) And he's making a, I mean, that would be like a a lifetime movie about the, the pitfalls of stripping, you know. Yeah. That might be what you like. He's he's not a good director. <laughs> what is that? Are, is that coming from experience, Dwayne? I mean, you guys can't say bad things about the actors. It's his fault. I'm just telling you. I mean, if oh, you see boy. people that are good in every other movie they're in, and they're not good in his movie, I'm sorry, but that tells you all you need to know there. No, oh, oh man, the truth. We are we're getting down to some real nitty gritty here on Astro Radio Z, folks. Final episode of Vice Academy. Um, Paul, why don't you tell tell us a little bit about how you feel about this? I felt it was a fitting end to the series because it did bring back a lot of the old jokes, like the five dollar sex thing. It brought back Richard, uh, Mark Richardson, and all the other like various characters, like Hank. 
uh, Grissom shows up again as a character. Um, and the, the fact that Holly is still stuck in prison, thought that was kind of funny. Uh, the Devonshire commissioner thing, yes, it's an old joke. But to me, the entire film was getting to that point. But the biggest, biggest thing is the thing that kind of started me in, in this when we started discussing the entire series was the placement of the shooting range. That comes back to this film. Uh, I yes. was going to say that too, so go ahead and lay this out there, Paul. Oh my god, they put it right next to the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Whose car was that? The TV reporters? And of course they cut to a scene where she's like, oh my god, they shut out my car windows, and it's like nobody knows why. <laughs> she doesn't even notice the fact that they have all of these like targets pasted to the walls, and, and they've got this kind of like easel thing set up right next to the parking lot, next to the cars. I thought that was hilarious because it's drawing back to the back to the other other, you know, back to the original part of the series. And the one thing that really kind of stands out and it probably shouldn't have was the fact that I thought Mavis looked like a young church lady. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was she was hot man. Yeah. What's that? It isn't that special. Isn't it's that special? special. Yeah. Her, her chest was special there near the end. <laughs> the, the characters were much much better in this film though it, it like like all of the some of the people have stated already is the fact that it, it seems like they Mr. Sloan really appreciated his characters and or maybe he trusted his uh, his actors enough this time to say okay I'm going to give them a part I'm going to give them a much bigger part and I'm going to focus the story around them there wasn't I mean, the villain wasn't that big of a deal in this film like in the other films. The heroes were a big deal. And I like the fact that that uh, that Tracy was kind of wickedly mean. And she at first, you know, number five, I didn't think that she was a good replacement for Ginger Lynn. But in this film, I think she was kind of a good replacement because she was just wickedly mean to Candy. And I just thought that was a, a nice touch. Uh, and then, of course, you know, I, I do really like the Irwin character. I know some people don't, uh, but I, I think he's just goofy, and, and I like his character, and it was good to bring him back. And, of course, they have the silly silly hair-flipping scenes and stuff like that. The, the fights between them are ridiculous, and it just made me laugh. And, again, I stopped taking this movie seriously. I stopped trying to, to critique the film, and I just wanted to watch the film. Uh, for what it was, and I think I enjoyed it a lot more than I enjoyed, especially number three and four. So uh, there's no doubt about that, and I think by the end of this, because I don't know if we really have much more we can break apart about this film, to be honest, is that I, I think if if you were to to say anything about the series in general, is that these are films to ultimately turn your brain off to. And just kind of appreciate if you can appreciate them, if they're your bag or whatever, for what they are, which are just ridiculously vacuous sleazeball comedies. And there's really not much more to them. So let's let's go ahead. Let's round this out. Let's give final thoughts. Hey, I didn't um, even talk about it. Oh. <laughs> you talk, you've talked enough, sir. <laughs> Scott, go ahead. Let's well, hear no, it. Just say ditto, final, and we'd be I'll perfect. Just do my, I'll just do my final thoughts here. And um, uh, to say that actually, um, now I know that you guys hate 
all these movies and stuff like that. A lot of them you do. Don't anyway. hate. Don't not, hate. Not, not all of them. Not all of them. Yep. Some, some, some of you hate a lot of them, though. I think that these, these are some of the worst movies you've ever seen. My goodness. You've lived a charmed life, which I know is not the case in a lot of our cases. Because honestly, these movies, even when they're bad, they're not that bad. And uh, I'm afraid that part six is bad. <laughs> I hated, I did not like this movie. Um, and I've liked all the other movies. Uh, I think it was just that was really wearing thin. I looked at everything they were doing in the movie, and I thought, okay, I see this, and I see what they're going for here, and I see what they're going for here, but it's just not funny. And in other movies, you could say, okay, it's bad humor, but it's bad humor in that, oh, ha, ha, you got me kind of way. This Scott, I, I gotta like, ask. I gotta be flat out honest with you. <laughs> what the fuck was any different about this film than the last film, or the film before it, or the film before it, that would lead you to think that this was any worse than any of the previous installments? Well, like I, like I was about to say, I was gonna say that maybe part of it had to do with that I watched this the night after I watched Part Five, <laughs> so that usually I don't watch these movies so close together. There you go. Uh, however, I was like, God, it's just not the 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 formula is just not working for me this time. Now there are parts of it that it worked. I like that the film had seemed to have some production value going on for it. It had some humor that maybe not was wasn't funny, but made me say, Oh my God, I can't believe they went there. Which, like for instance, when the cheerleaders say that they got off by using the Twinkie events. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Look up Twinkie defense on Wikipedia, folks, if you want to have bad history lessons. Um, yeah. It's, it, it did not originate in a very nice comedic way. Um, the, um, I, li- I liked the Holly voice cameo as little more than I liked the actual, you know, stock footage cameo. Mm. Um... I liked the villains. I liked that they had the most attractive women for a change instead of, trying to, instead of trying to make them all skanks. In fact, I thought Honey Lauren was the best part of the movie hmm. as the main villain. I liked that striptease. I did. I thought I liked you that. You like women just moving their arms around left and right for fun? <laughs> it's the violence part close. of it. That's hey, telling on, me some, for, on some planets, that's considered... <laughs> You've been telling me for two hours how easy I am. And in my notes, I did just – I have a one note that just said, I love ass. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Hey, hey, me too, That's man. the reason. <laughs> I mean, but Honey Lauren, I thought was I thought she had good timing. I thought she was – I wanted to see more of her. <laughs> but the movie just didn't make me laugh that much. Uh, the only thing is I really enjoyed – The other ones a- really made you laugh? Wow. Yes. Wow. Laughed. No way. No way. The other ones, I laughed at the other movies. I yeah. call bullshit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe this for a second. I, I mean, I didn't laugh like in like, say, like I would laugh at, say, like Blazing Saddles or the Blues Brothers, but I laughed. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, I get the joke. Okay, that's cute. Oh, I am flabbergasted. I just, I, I don't get it. I don't get I, it. It's more of a chuckle. The one I, the ones I, the parts I liked about this movie were Honey Lauren, and yeah. I liked seeing, um, and I liked seeing the uh, guy who played the security guard in Hobgoblins One and Two, and the <laughs> convenience o- store owner in Vice Academy Three. Even though with a shot out arm, he seemed to be moving his arm around in that cast a lot. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> 
I look at my notes here, and even now, I am going to say give like one caveat to what uh, all my comments here. Yes. Which is that if I were to watch this movie apart from the rest of the series, like months down the line, I might have a better opinion of it. But this just <laughs> baffles me. I'm sorry. I think this is one of the better ones in the series. I was yeah, me too. And here's and I just didn't care for it that much. And here's the thing for me also is that I and well I think you're as flabbergasted with me as I am flabbergasted when you guys some of you guys were calling like Vice Academy two like one of the worst movies. I'm like what? <laughs> Not even close, dudes. I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it just, I mean, I, I, when I say I didn't, like, I'm not talking about, like, this is not, this is not Paul Blart bad. Backpedal, backpedal. No, no, I'm not saying this is Paul Blart bad, but this is, like, but, it, I mean, it's Paul a solid, Blart like. Paul Blart bad? No, it's not that bad. I'm saying that this is, like, a two-star movie, you know? So it's, like, I mean, you just watch it. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> It's because he watched it right after five, and the five the five jokes pretty much had him all set up. And when they showed him again in six, it was like, eh. It might Mecca be that, Scott. you know, honestly, yeah. because it's like, yeah, it's just I don't know. I just it didn't work for me this time, and I'm saying that after my first viewing, like I'm saying, you know, it, yeah. I might think differently, but I was seriously underwhelmed by the part Vice Academy six. This is coming from somebody. Who had very positive opinions of Vice Academy one through three, and had okay opinions of four and five. Uh, if you want my ranking, honestly, of these movies, uh, it goes one, cool. two, three, four, five, six. Wow. Right down the line. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Brian, I, I agree with what Brian was saying. What you were saying, Brian, that uh, you thought it was one of the better in the series. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, I just don't get that at all. I mean, another thing is that another thing is that they didn't have the partners. I mean, Raylan Salmon continues to suck in this part. Not her fault. Again, it's how the. I thought she was fun in this. I thought she I had thought more she to was fine. up the mean girl aspect. I thought she was sexy. I didn't think there was any reason for her to be mean in this movie. It's her family. Her family is mean. They didn't establish that. Uh, they didn't have to. It was in the subplots. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, well, all I gotta what, say about what this is that there's no plot. You can make up any subplot you want. Plot. In order to have a subplot, you have to have a plot. <laughs> exactly. You just make up <laughs> none of films have plots. Yeah, but none of these films have plots. <laughs> this is the only one that remotely came close next yeah. to part one to have a plot. And Scott, I I love the fact that you know you're giving this film the benefit of the doubt that maybe. Down the road, be it a day, a month, a year, yeah, a decade, I mean, totally. that you watch it again. Tomorrow. I will, <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> I will guarantee 1,000% I will never watch this film ever again, along with wow. any of the I rest might. of the films I in might. this series. I might give it another shot just because I have such a fondness for the rest of the series, honestly. Oh, this- this is this is like beating your head up against a brick wall and, and, and hoping that that you start to understand Turkish language uh, just out of the blue. It just doesn't make any sense. To I just me. have to say, I'm having a surgery this Friday, and I'm almost looking forward to it after this conversation. Oh wow! <laughs> it's like, you know, it's I'm like... be less painful, Scott. Oh my god. 
Well, no, I mean, like, seriously, I mean, like, well, now you know, like, why why do I watch The Lost Boys every five years? So, like, maybe I'll see something what, uh, that other people, every, I'll see the thing that everybody else is seeing and decide that this is a decent movie. And then wait, I watch wait, Lost wait, Lost you see? Nope. I, 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 <laughs> Newsflash, Lost Boys, Lost Boys. Scott hates The Lost Boys. Thoughts, thoughts on this one, Brian? <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of The Lost Boys, actually. A fan of yes! Lost Boys. Let's go down the line and and, get, yes! and see who likes Lost Boys because it's far more interesting than talking about Vice Academy Six. <laughs> Glenn, do you like the Lost Boys? I mean, but you you can't beat like the 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 smooth chested sweaty saxophone dude who shows up. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, he's I, now I think... going to cons and charging twenty or twenty five dollars for his autograph. Of course he that? is. The world has ended when it comes. To Lost, that. Lost Boys, well, is a really well shot movie that I just don't see the appeal of. Okay. <laughs> well, instead of giving our final rankings, I the Vice the Academy say, though, that's surprising. Oh wow, that's not surprising whatsoever. <laughs> no, um, I, that was sarcasm. <laughs> yes, I know. It. <laughs> like I've been trying to do for the last two minutes. Instead of giving our final rankings on Vice Academy Six, let's give our rankings on Lost Boys. <laughs> oh, Mark, for fuck's sake! Do you, do you like Do you like Lost Boys? Yes or no, Mark? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Paul. Yes. <laughs> Dwayne. It's the Dirty Dancing of Horror Movies there, Derek. Okay. Oh, that's uh, a great, uh, great reference. It is. It really is. I don't like Dirty Dancing either. So. <laughs> I've been Glenn, what is your thought, no Glenn? You. Yeah, I, would, I would disagree with Wayne. I would say it's the Roadhouse of Horror Movies. time for pain. I do good. like my Roadhouse, though. <laughs> this has been this has been a very illuminating episode on everything except for Vice Academy because I am going to go along with the fact that Lost Boys is infinitely better than uh, Vice Academy Six, um, and infinitely better than any of the films in the Vice Academy series. So, folks, let's go ahead and let's wrap up Vice Academy Six. Um, we'll just do instead of giving long-winded final thoughts. Let's give a yay and nay on whether or not people should watch this film. Brian, yay or nay? There's there's so much that goes into that when you're a movie fan. Um, okay, I, Brian, talk nay, about Vice Academy 6. <laughs> Let's say nay. He's avoiding uh, avoided say, a long-winded. I think that's I, – I do. I think that's a multi-level question. I, I would think for the cult film person, yes. For the mm -hmm. regular movie goer, no. Okay. All right. Glenn. <sighs> Ah, no, 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 no. I'm going to let this go. No. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Dwayne, yes or no, should people watch Vice Cammy 6? No. <laughs> Hey, you want to hear my? You want to hear my note? I actually got a good one on this one. You want to hear my? Yes, note? please, Queen. Go for it. Okay, because I was disappointed that nobody was really naked, and they had two cat fights where nobody's clothes came off. I don't know what that is, but here's here's what I got. Are you ready? It says no evacuation, no time to call bomb squad, but enough time for all the bullshit. If the bomb kills everyone, it will stop all the talking and not nakeding. Throw it to the guy who can cut the wire. That's what I have. 
I love this term. I love it too. I think that now I'm going to, like one of the things I'm going to like rate movies on is how much time they spend not nakeding. <laughs> non nakeding. I, I love this. That, that was just a word I came up with, but I liked it. I thought you the way you are a visionary. I I I applaud you for that. <laughs> I love this scale of rating. It may go forward in Astro Radio Z and for the franchises going forward. We may rate on the non-nakeding scale. Non-nakeding scale. White, white dick and non-nakeding scale. We'll, oh, we'll see how that, anyway. this goes. A little close to home on that one. Oh, sorry. There More of a problem, <laughs> uh, in dick neck, the dick neck scale. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Dick neck scale. Yeah. Oh God. Um, Paul Salzer, uh, why don't you tell us? Yeah or nay? Should they watch uh, this? If you've watched the series, yes. By itself, no. Absolutely agree with you wholeheartedly. Mark the movie man. Uh, I I'm with Brian on this. Uh, for the cult fan. Who and and well and Paul as well. Who's watched the others? I'd say yay. I would say if if you're looking it's for a consummation, drink. consummation. Drink. I, I would say that if if you're looking for a film to watch that's entertaining and won't put you to sleep, well then uh, avoid this film. Keep you up all um, night. It, no, this doesn't keep you up all night. No, it <laughs> does the opposite. Um, well, you'll, you'll be able to consummate some drink. Uh, That's true. I'm That's cutting this off do. after this one. Drink. <laughs> Ow. Oh, boy. And that's it, folks. That is the last of the Vice Academy series. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to say goodbye to Vice Academy. And we're going to give our final goodbyes and uh, get... A lot more off our chest. Maybe maybe we'll learn that uh, Scotty D also hates Star Wars, back rubs, and um, quality beverages. I don't know. There maybe he hates puppies, too. <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll find, we'll find all of this out after the shor- our short music break.
And we're back, folks. Here we go. We're going to finalize and put the nail in the coffin of the Vice Academy series. And each and every person here is going to have their time to say their piece. The final piece, and I don't think we have to worry like we did with the witchcraft episodes that came and backfired on us. And they did make more (laughs) fucking movies. I have a feeling we're not going to have to worry about that with the Vice Academy. But I could be wrong because guess what? I'm sure Rick Sloan heard all of these episodes. It's like, you know what? There's still a need. There's hey, look at that. Rick Sloan, Rick Sloan just started a Kickstarter for Vice Academy 789. Oh, fucking <laughs> Let's go down the line here, folks, and let's give our our last goodbyes to the, the Vice Academy series. Scott, we're I'm going to give you front front chair, front row and center. I'm going to let you kick this off. Why don't you tell us your final thoughts on your experience with us and the Vice Academy series? Let me tell you, I I, I actually had an overwhelmingly positive experience uh, with these movies, even though people like trashed on them and everything like that. Half of the reason we're doing this is my fault because I brought them up. <laughs> the other half is yours for voting for them. Um, <laughs> the, um, I think that most of these movies uh, are perfectly charming, especially the early ones. I liked that they had, I mean, the earlier movies had two of my favorite B-movie queens in uh, really good parts in these trashy and, you know, kind of low-brow humor, slapstick, farcical movies that I just kind of enjoyed. I saw a definite charm in them. It helped that I actually discovered these when they came out in the 90s. Uh, And so I actually kind of like these movies overwhelmingly. I think that they're decent. I think that... And even though I felt that they got kind of lesser as the series went on, I part of me does really admire that even through multiple cast changes and everything, they kept up the same spirit. You know, they didn't try to change, oh, we're going to reboot this one and then and move this one and, and the humor is now going to skew in this direction. No, they kind of kept up the same type of humor, for better and for worse. But, you know, even if it didn't always work out, it still kind of makes you kind of end the day on a smile. So... As I said, I think if if these are some of the worst movies you've ever seen, then you're lucky because I've seen so much worse than this. But uh, I I don't know. I, I for all warts and all for all their problems, I still enjoy Rick Sloan's Vice Academy series. I do. Glenn, tell me. <laughs> let's let, let's go forward and let's let's put your nail on the coffin of this series. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that is that all you have to say, Glenn? Yes. <laughs> Glenn Bittner, folks. Everybody, put your hands together. One hand hitting another makes a wonderful sound for Glenn Bittner. <laughs> Brian Kirst, you go ahead. <laughs> have your send off for the Vice Academy. Um, you know what? Kind of what I said uh, at the beginning of the episode. I love seeing these women. I, I loved that whole femme fatales era. Yeah, the movies are not that great. I I, I don't 
I think they try to be funny, but they're not funny. I, I'm, I'm so surprised that you actually laughed at Scott, but I, I love you for it. I love you for it. Oh, um, and um, I, but I, I overall, both last year and this year, I had a great time. And I think part of the joy, as I said, is the zen of the torture of watching these films with a bunch of <laughs> kick-ass awesome guys like you so you know like that so so i i kind of had a great time doing it and and i think just you know the neath the the teeth dragging mind-blowing torture of it all it's just it's part of the fun and uh that's all i have to say Oh, Brian, I, I truly appreciate your eternal sense of optimism through <laughs> very adverse situations such as watching this complete and utter horse shit. Yeah, um, it really warms the cockles of my heart. I'm not kidding. That was like that was like put a smile on my face. It really cockles is a hundred percent the accurate term here. Uh, Paul Salzer, <laughs> this is your your first send off to a franchise. The rest of the boys have done this before. I'm going to give yeah. you your, your time in the sun and uh, say goodbye to uh, the Vice Academy series. Well, I'll start out by saying goodbye to the Vice Academy series, like you suggested. But uh, I wanted to uh, say that it probably would have been better using the Zucker Brothers format that was mentioned earlier in, in this uh, podcast. And uh, because I think if they would have parodied pop culture, it would have been a lot more fun. And I think they did try to parody itself and parody a lot of things, but they just didn't quite use the formula correctly. And I think it would have been a much, much more enjoyable thing. That said, I had a lot of fun talking about these films, more so than watching the films themselves. And I, I, you guys know that when I first started out the, the, um, this um, whole series of franchise discussions, I was really nervous. I had this horrible, horrible dream that I was gonna, <laughs> I was, gonna, I was just going to totally, totally mess up. And you guys made me feel so comfortable. And and talking about this, these movies was so much fun talking about it with you guys because you guys really do uh, have interesting ideas, and and that I really do appreciate. And thank you for making me feel so welcome uh, to this this discussion because you know I felt at, at first I felt really, really nervous and and i i felt like i was going to throw up but by the end of this it might be because i'm drunk from this drunk drinking game uh but i feel so much more comfortable at the end of this and i really really look forward to the next one no uh, who's talking what it again is. who is this this is paul no. <laughs> i was joking i was joking i guess it didn't go over so i'm taking everything seriously right now i i, I, I totally get what you're saying it's exactly how i felt after the witchcraft thing oh paul that was that was a soul crusher there brian i i feel like you need to apologize you need to hug it out man <laughs> <laughs> Video hug over the internet. <laughs> what the hell did I just? No, I in? thank you. I thank you tremendously, Paul, for coming on and putting up with us all. And uh, rest assured, you will be invited back for next year's uh, series of films, which I hope are infinitely better than these piles of shit. Leprechaun, so come on. Move- What's that? Leprechaun, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Mark the movie man. It's your turn. Well, uh, these shows kind of wear you down as much as the recording of the main theme song wore down with each installment to where (laughs) 
number six sounded like they had a 18th generation cassette tape they were playing the main theme to with the pistol in your pocket. I mean, they couldn't even do a variation of it. But on the whole, it's been an experience. I I, I do enjoy this one just like the witchcraft. All you guys uh, give you great insights. Uh, I... Three and four were painful. I mean, those caused me physical pain. But five and six, I think, were a little better because three and four were were just so painful to me. But overall, it, it does make it easier talking it out with you guys. Uh, and I really appreciate being on here. And, and this series, the thing is, it wasn't meant to be anything. You could tell they're... they're I feel bad because, like Brian said, it, it was great seeing, uh, you know, some of these actresses who who were, you know, in a lot of films, and were better in a lot of other films that they were part of these films. You know, you, you almost kind of feel a little bad for them that they, and some of these films took the direction they did. Uh, you know, uh, so yeah, it's been an experience. Uh, I will say I will not be watching these again, <laughs> but I look do look forward to the next franchise, and uh, yeah, it's it, they're just there. Vice Academy series is just there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. And before I go on, uh, we're going to give. One of one of the main characters of the Vice Academy series. Well, he was only in one film, but man, did he leave a lasting impact um, to the series. Uh, Dwayne, I want to give you your, your final send off and, and tell your uh, your huge assortment of fans what you've been wanting to tell them for all these years for all their adoration. Oh, you know, uh, first of all, thank you, everybody, for listening to me and asking me to come on this. This was a, it was interesting. At first, I was like, well, you know, at least the movies have women in them. This is, podcast is just going to have a bunch of dudes talking about it, and I didn't really see why anyone would want to really hear that. But I've I've enjoyed myself for the most part, and, you know, it was neat to know that there's a lot of fans of the series and that everybody thinks the first one's one of the better ones. That made me happy. Um, but you know, if anybody wants to know what I thought of the, the, the whole series of movies, I really think that he only had one idea and he didn't have much imagination cause he kept trying to do the first one over and over again and it didn't really work. I think maybe other directors and writers should have been allowed to make a Vice Academy movie or two. Like I could have wrote one that wouldn't have had a guy getting kicked in the nuts at, at, at all either. <laughs> Well, probably would have had more boobs and some blood. I mean, if a movie, they got to be funny. They got to have a lot of nudity and they got to have some some kind of violence in them. Otherwise, there isn't really a point. And I thought ours had all the best stuff in it. I, I, I guess maybe I'm a little biased there, but that's kind of how I feel. I think you're 100% dead on here, uh, Dwayne. And I just want to say again, thank you for coming on. It's It's been quite an honor and a privilege. Yeah, thanks for not making fun of my voice a lot. A lot of people do harp on that. So I, I can take the nuts jokes a lot. I take them with the best. I mean, you know, that's the way it goes. So 
Well, we're just glad you could be on the show. Oh, thanks, man. I mean, that didn't sound like me at all, did it? <laughs> well, I was kicked in the in the nuts, not in the face. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, so you know, um, confrontational, didn't you? <laughs> oh, let's, let's keep it. Let's keep it uh, friendly here, boys. Let's keep it friendly here, boys. Well, oh, uh, now's my turn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come on, you know you will do. You know, I was introduced to the Vice Academy series. I didn't. I didn't grow up with these films. I didn't watch them when they originally came out. I watched them when uh, a dear friend of mine, Jason Paul Hollum, told me he wanted to make a film that honored Brink Stevens, Linnea Quigley, and Michelle Bauer called Screaming It. Uh, I can't remember it. I'm so drunk. Screaming in High Heels. Um, <laughs> And so I watched the Vice Academy, uh, at least part one for that film, and I thought it was cute enough. It was, I mean, Linnea's always super charming, and uh, Ginger Lynn was, I mean, adorable and, and kind of bitchy and, and kind of fun in that one as well. Um, but then uh, the rest of the films really fucking sucked <laughs> across the board. Like, I, I, as I've said in, in the previous episodes, I think I'm far more forgiving of films in the horror genre that that misfire um, and are earnest because uh, there's sort of a camp value to them. And I'm not saying across the board that's the case because, I mean, there are some real daughters out there. But there's when it comes to comedies that aren't funny and that miss – uh, on a consistent basis, I really feel they're some of the worst films of all time. And across the board, after part two, and and I th I thought it was interesting how we blo we blocked these episodes out, where the first two had uh, Linnea Quigley and Ginger Lynn, mm. then the second two Ginger Lynn was like the lead, and then there was two other. Um, there was another character that was played by two other actresses, and then the, the, the this last episode we had Elizabeth Caton and and uh, Raylan Salman as uh, the leads in them. It was kind of weird how they he broke them out every two movies. There was kind of new characters that ushered in, but but across the board, I, I felt these films were largely unfunny. They were horribly paced. Um, they were extremely padded. And if anything, they could have taken the best elements of all six of these films and made one marginally funny film. Hmm. And if anything, this could have been a, a weekly sitcom that ran 20 minutes. Uh, I, can, I will go with you on that one. Yeah. Yep. I think if it would have been like that, then maybe this would have been salvageable. Um, if it would have been like um, Sledgehammer, you remember that old TV series Sledgehammer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Yep. If, there would have, <laughs> if, if Vice Academy would have been fashioned like the Sledgehammer series and played for, for yucks, and, and, and played on maybe USA Up All Night where they got a little more scandalous. I mean, I, I agree with Dwayne when Dwayne had to say that this series really was nothing. Uh, it, was, it was all about beautiful ladies getting naked and some, some comedy hijinks and, and so a little violence. And unfortunately, it was a little too far 
between in all of those aspects. So ultimately, this series fails across the board for me. And um, unlike the Witchcraft series, where I did find things that held my interest, even as bad as those films got, there was something about them that that made me have things to talk about. I found myself really struggling during these episodes to find things to talk about about these movies because my brain checked out on them about 20 minutes in every single movie. You know what I think it is? If I could just offer an observation of a guy who does spend a lot of time in a basement, a windowless room. Um, (laughs) The movies all seem to take place in the... You know, very claustrophobic settings. It's just wall after wall after wall. Well, and that's the thing is, after part two, part part one, uh, they they didn't have the sets that they ultimately would use from two until six. Mm-hmm. And then in all of those films, you're looking at the same sets mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And you're just looking at two shots where two people are on screen talking to another two people on screen next to the same walls for fucking five films. Yeah, they're like lots the fans of, of the movies. Shots. They don't go outside very much. <laughs> yeah, and lots of master shots in these movies, too. Master shots? Master shots of what? We don't... You know, <laughs> no, I mean, like I'm saying, it's like they don't really cut between characters that much. A lot of the times it's just like showing like the medium shots of a bunch of people crowded into frame. Yeah. And, and and that's it. We get to see the same uh, shots over and over and over again. So, really, I in in no way, shape, or form can recommend any of these movies. If I was to, if that's why I didn't ask you guys for what was the best one, what was the worst one, because I wouldn't be able to tell you either way. Um, no offense, Dwayne. Oh no, none taken. I mean, it fucked me up. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I got no love for Vice Academy, you guys. I mean, not really. But thank you for taking it for the team. Oh, yeah. You mean getting kicked in the balls repeatedly until it changed my voice and ruined my life? Yeah, no problem. (laughs) And and I think what Dwayne just said perfectly illustrates how I felt watching this series. I kicked in the balls repeatedly until I I nearly went blind. Yeah, I mean, I did did see a lot of boo, but, you know... That's (laughs) That's <laughs> they didn't you know stop making them when they made theirs. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And folks, that's it. We're done. Vice Academy's <laughs> over. We are no longer going to be talking about these movies. I'm not going. I didn't reach out to anyone because unfortunately, I feel like we dogged these movies pretty hard. And yeah, um, yeah. I, I think they're to, better left to. We try to be friendly when we can, you know. So, there yeah. were some elements. There were some elements. Uh, I mean, so, well, you well, you don't want to have that confrontation. Is like, so what was it like working on this movie? Like, oh, that movie that you just called with the worst piece of shit you ever saw in your life. Oh, it's good. Oh, wow. <laughs> I I don't think I could ever call any of them the worst piece of shit I ever saw in my no. life. No, no, but... no, no, no. I'm just saying that you know. That's why we probably I think it would be bad if the, the if the reverse happened where they they would say it like, "Oh, that was the worst piece of shit I ever worked on." <laughs> Rick still uh whenever they show these they've shown all of the movies on apparently the Sony Movie Channel, which Sony I don't movie. get. 
No. Uh, I think is one the channel that they were showing them on, and Rick was uh, always kind of pimping them whenever they were on, and stuff like that. So I don't know. Hmm. He he must have liked them though to to continue them on to to like six iterations of the same film. So, well, I the, can't the believe. Story, I, I'm sure it was a purely business thing. Yeah, someone's buying them, obviously. The story oh, goes yeah. that he kept on is that he kept on trying to, and I don't know how long this went on. I didn't even hear the commentaries for five and six because I can't find my DVD anywhere. Yeah. Um, but um, the um, story went is that there was only one movie where he knew there was going to be a sequel, and the rest of them he was like kept on coming with like pitches to all these other movies. They said, "Yeah, that sounds pretty good." Uh, what about another Vice Academy? Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he had to make that in order to get his other film? No, he didn't get to make the other film. Oh, oh no. And they would just do the Vice Academy. I mean, if you look at his uh, IMDb, I mean, I actually li- I like Rick Sloan's movies. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I do. I'm saying this completely seriously. You know, I know some people like have, like some, have some dog on him and stuff like that. I, I, like, I liked his movies and stuff, so... No, if you look at it, it, like I'd say, like probably seventy-five percent of the directing credits have been Vice Academy movies. Mm, uh, yeah. He's done fifteen. He's done fifteen movies, and you got to consider that fifteen in fifteen movies, six of them have been Vice Academy, and two of them have been Hobgoblins. Wow. Yeah. You know, so he and and one of those was actually the making of Hobgoblins. So I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean he. It's it's not like he doesn't have ideas. It's just you know he's so, an independent as an independent filmmaker, you go with pitches and stuff. But if somebody says not interested in that, but we'll give you money yeah. to do that, guess what? You do that. So film- <laughs> so filmmakers can be typecast as as well as actors then, right? Oh, oh sure. absolutely. Jesus. Oh sure. Oh, yeah. Oh. That, that's that's that. well, welcome, welcome to welcome to the real world, man. Yeah. <laughs> the movie, the, the business in the movie industry. <laughs> oh. uh, well, on that, folks, on that point, folks, we're gonna wrap this episode up. I can't get away from this episode soon enough. I'm ready for, <laughs> I'm ready for Vice Academy to be through with in my life, and uh, I can't wait for the next year 2016 i'm Ooh. hoping the dice when it's rolled i actually get to watch a franchise of decent films um <laughs> which i'm going to put up in uh, the astro radio z facebook page if you are interested in uh making your voice heard and you want to let us know what film fan franchise you'd like us to sit and go through you can either post it to the astro radio z facebook page or you can email me at astroradiozpodcast at gmail.com and we will put it in for a vote. And then maybe, I haven't quite decided yet, It's a, I, I want to see what the panel here thinks of this. Should I leave the, vo- uh, the vote up to the public or should we keep it just between ourselves? What do you guys think? Public. You like be, gen- it? be gentle. <laughs> I like the public. That's I like, I like, the, public. The, I like yeah. the idea of the public as well. Yes. Okay. The, the, the public, but be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> Some obscure series. I like to see them square. <laughs> Congratulations, gentlemen. You have just fucked us. <laughs> Happy Madison is super cut. It's happening. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, Glenn. Let me tell you, Glenn. <laughs> 
There is no series that could be worse than what we just walked through, boys. I, I, yes, I really, there really is. <laughs> what is it, Scott? What is it? Don't, say the, don't say the Lost Boys because you're full of shit. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> We're saying that there couldn't be a worse series than the last two we've covered. I, oh. I kind of think that's true. Witchcraft, I could series. see series. Witchcraft, I, witchcraft, I could see it just because there were so many of them. But I mean, honestly, like Vice Academy movies. I mean, Do you even think if you the didn't, worst series in which we've covered, I don't think so. I think Leprechaun yeah. would be bad. <laughs> no, Leprechaun's, Leprechaun's much better than you do. Think so? Really? Leprechauns are fun bad. I think that you guys are going to regret saying this so much next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm obscure. not saying a word. <laughs> fast forward through the entire Leprechaun series as Halloween. Like, you know, as I went to bed, I would throw one in. I would kind of, But yeah, no. No, they are much better than the Vice Academy. You think so? Wow. I'm not even talking about that. I don't even know. I can't even – because I can't even imagine what what the public's going to come up with. (laughs) I'm going to regret saying this. Scott, what is it you think that's worse than these two series? No, that's what I'm saying. I can't can't imagine. That's what I'm thinking. I can't imagine what the next thing is going to be. Oh, I got you. I can't fathom it in my brain. But, but somehow it's going to rear its mutant fucking head and just come up there and be like, watching us now. And we're just going to be screwed. <laughs> uh, I just, just don't. Put, just uh, put in a caveat that says if it's too too bad, we're not going to do it. No. No. Because <laughs> no. no. I firmly am going to stand in my belief that there's I say that about my dates all the time. Worse than these yeah, really? <laughs> nice. Nice. Seriously. Now you, now you know they're no. going to make the series Vicecraft. Vice Crap. <laughs> oh, oh, oh nice. I'd like to see that. that. Lutz fun, and Garner join the Vice Academy. <laughs> oh, boys. Well, oh, I let's think we've got a new franchise there, man. Hey, the yeah. Rollerblade. Uh, Donald G. Jackson's Rollerblade movies. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I have, have no fucking clue what that Vice is. It's Wisconsin's next horror, you know. Really? Thing. I, I, I think, think so. so. I, I think, think uh, you, you've got to do that Christ. now, Glenn. Vicecraft. There you go. <laughs> you I hope the audience it. picks Friday the 13th because that's a you, wonderful You've got to do that. Well, we'll okay. see. We'll leave it up to the folks, uh, the listeners of Astral Radio Z. What I'll do is tomorrow... Or whenever, I'll, like in the next week, I will post a, uh, a cattle call for the listeners uh, and anybody that wants to, to post what franchise they think we should do, and then I will put it up for a vote, and then before the next year, we whatever wins out will be what we watch. So, <laughs> folks, visit the Facebook page of Astro Radio Z and, and email me at Astro Radio Z Podcast at gmail.com. And um, we'll see. We'll see. I told Mark as we were doing this that, man, I, I told this to Glenn, man, I'm almost rethinking going through with these franchise episodes <laughs> after the – this year, this was this was brutal, just absolutely brutal. So, anyways, let's <laughs> let's stop with the crying. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's... <laughs> that's you, Scott. That's yeah, just you. I, just, yeah. I don't get that, man. 
Uh. Yeah, you <laughs> like to get beat up by women, though. So we found hey, that. There we go. Yeah, it's, baby. It, it's 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 true. If you you know you know guys know my email. If you need yeah. to, if you have any hookups, there we go. Okay, that's not what. Wow, <laughs> that's not what my radio shows for. Uh, so <laughs> you can get your go get your kicks on the on the forums out there. Um, so, anyways, let's wrap this show up. Let's uh, tell the fine listeners of Astro Radio Z where you can find each and every one of us and uh, our wares. Mr. Brian Kirst, my dear friend, can't believe I made you suffer through another franchise of completely horrible films, but I love you for still going through and being here for me. So, sir, tell the listeners where they can find you. Um, Big A Horror Fan on Facebook is the easiest way. Um, I will have an interview with Steve Easton, character actor Steve Easton, in the latest Shock Cinema, which comes out at the end of November, which I'm very excited about. And check out uh, BigGayHorrorFan.com. There is it, – it's, it's a couple um, articles ago, but um, I'm super thrilled. Um, I've gotten to know Deanna Donegan a bit, and she's won the Tony. I'm a theater guy, so she won the Tony for August Osage County about seven years ago. And But she also is playing uh, Nana in The Visit, the latest M. Yeah. Night Shyamalan film, which I think is amazing. I mean it, it's – one of the coolest villainesses I think I've seen in a long time, and it's played by a woman, you know, in her 60s and 70s. Um, I think it's a great, great trend. Um, you know, Lynn Shay carried Insidious 3, and I just hope it kind of continues. Um, but I have an interview with her, and she's just amazing, so I'm thrilled about that. So that's the latest thing that um, that uh, I've done kind of lately. So check that out. She's she's cool. an incredible had an had an incredible life. And it's a pretty, pretty cool interview. So, awesome! I can't wait to read that, folks. Go check that out. Support Brian, uh, Glenn Bittner. Have at it. You can find me on the YouTube with the Beam Wee Bunker and Naked Hobo Productions, as well as on Facebook, or just follow me on Twitter at Naked Hobo. Awesome, Paul Salzer. Let's see. If I were a virtual reality hooker, where would I be right now? <laughs> oh yeah I'd be on WordPress, Twitter and Facebook at Forsaken Film Reviews Love it Mark the Movie Man Specialmarkproductions.com is where you can go to find one stop shop for all my uh, projects and things that I work on, the final cut uh, it was Spoiler Room Archive, we're going through a little transition on the web pages, cleaning it up a little bit uh, there's a new thing on there, if Derek doesn't mind me uh, uh, just mentioning it. Uh, we do a series, we, we started a series this year on the, the Spoiler Room where we were covering films celebrating their 25th anniversary, and I got a few interviews and such. Well, we're cranking it up a notch, and we're going to do films that are celebrating their 40th anniversary next year. So films from 1976, and I'm giving a chance for people to vote there to decide what films we talk about next year. So uh, that's on the web page, and you can find my stuff there or on Twitter at MovieManiac3D or uh, Spoiler Room PDCS. Uh, either one of those will be on the Twitter. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark, for being on this. I thank all of you guys. Scott. If anybody wants to listen to your stuff after you just got done saying all this nonsense this entire episode, <laughs> please let them know. Please let them know where they can find you. Yeah, there's 
plenty of nonsense to go around uh, on whenever I talk. I'm going to warn you right now. Um, but uh, uh, moviocrity.com is where I write a lot. Some people say that I can string some words together in, in a pretty way. Yes. Um, so uh, moviocrity.com is the place. It hasn't been updated in a bit. I'm looking to revamp that either before the new year or at the new year uh, so that you can get more uh, content going on there. Uh, also, I have my web series, Moviocrity, where you can listen to me talk about all sorts of exploitation films that I love. Uh, that's on – the best place to go is Vimeo. Vimeo.com slash channel slash Moviocrity. You can get all uh, – right now it's 23 episodes of the show at that spot. So uh, that's uh, that, those are the best places to find me. Awesome. And before I check on out – we're going to let Dwayne hawk any of his wares. Dwayne, why don't you let the, the fine listeners of Astro Radio Z know where they can they can support you. And uh, why don't you say goodbye for all of us. Oh, well, bye, everybody. Um, hey, thanks for listening to me. And, um, yeah, if, I'm not uh, really on any of this Internet stuff, but uh, if you want to know where you can find me, uh, I will be on tour with severe tire damage, running the merch table, doing guitar tech, some of those kind of things, loading the, the vans. But uh, it, in the meantime, I'm always down there at P2's Bar, and I judge the wet T-shirt contest and deal with all their giveaways that they do. You're always going to find me down there, and, uh, you know, they give me free beer, and I get to see all the wet boobs I want, so life's pretty sweet. <laughs> Living the dream, man. Living the dream. Love it. I, I, I appreciate you coming on so much, Dwayne, and uh, keep on, keep strong, and don't let the man knock you in the nuts. Oh, yeah. No, never heard that one, man. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, it's, it's me, Derek, the, the host of this show. You can find me at AstroRadioZ.com, on Twitter, on Facebook for Astro Radio Z. As I've said four times this episode, you can get a hold of me at AstroRadioZPodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can pick up some of my movies on uh, Store Envy, Rabbit Child Films at StoreEnvy.com. You can pick up Swamphead. You can pick up Hole in the Wall on VHS and DVD. You can go and rent it on VOD and download it um, on Vimeo and blah, 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 blah. So I appreciate all of you guys putting up with all this Vice Academy, just fucking bullshit for three episodes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm the, I don't mean to be so fucking rude about this. But uh, yes, no. I, <laughs> Thank you. And uh, hopefully, let's cross our fingers next year that we get to talk about a lot funner stuff. And uh, again, thank you for putting up with this. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody. See ya.